The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Welcome, welcome. It's, uh, what, eight minutes after seven o'clock, just getting rolling here. It is Wednesday night, so it is the time for you to pick up that phone, ask your questions. Don't stay in the dark. Get the knowledge about employment rights because you've got tons of them, and if you don't know about them, this is the show that will enlighten you. 416-870-6400. Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. we got lots of stuff to cover on the show this evening, so we'll get right into it, including the process of obtaining better severance. How do you do that? We'll get through those talking points and uh, that in between your phone calls as well. But first, the week that was is always how we start, and we're uh, ready to go. Lior, how are you, pal? I'm great. Uh, really good to be Beautiful. here. You know, weather's looking better. Always puts me in a good mood. Uh, not, not that I've been able to enjoy it too much. You know, been busy answering a lot of calls about employment law, answering a lot of emails, I think it's about uh, rights, legal rights. What good are rights if you don't know what they are, right? So it's like having uh, a really good deal or a sale at a store. If you don't know about it, it doesn't really help you. Well, same thing with your legal <laughs> rights. They're there for you. They're there to protect you. But if you don't know about it, well, it's kind of useless and meaningless for you. That's why we have this show, to tell you what you need to know, to protect you, to give you the information that you need to be armed with so that bad things don't happen to you. So you have job security. So you don't walk away from rights and entitlements that you have. Whatever the workplace issue, the workplace problem that you may be facing, there's no bad questions. There is no bad situations that cannot be solved. Don't believe me? Take it uh, for a spin. Give us a try right now. Call us and let's talk about those rights that you have. We're live. We want to answer questions and we're going to make you feel better, I'm sure, uh, when you do that. Well, that said, let's get kind of back to our uh, topics today. Week there was a couple situations that came across my desk very recently. I got a call uh, about a week ago from a lady who uh, was given an ultimatum by her employer. She had a 16-year-old who, like everyone else, of course, is now studying at home, uh, a remote learning because schools are closed, and she decided that she wanted to be home with her child. Or her employer said, come on, you have a 16-year-old, your, your child is old enough to take care of themselves, you don't need to be home, we expect you at work. She was working for an essential service, so her sure. employer was still open. Uh, and she said, well, no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to be there with my child. I want to make sure that they're you know, doing their proper schoolwork. That's important to me. So essentially, her boss gave her that ultimatum. Well, you come in Monday or else. That's when she calls me. And she wanted to know, well, wait a second, what are my rights here? And do I have the right to stay home with my child, even though, you know, 16-year-old, not a, not a small child? So here's the answer. And the answer here is an actually an easy one. Yeah, she absolutely has the right to stay home with her child. In Ontario, the government of Ontario has created a leave of absence that's available to every employee whose child is at home because of the fact that school or, or is closed or there's no child care. And there's no real age limit on that. As long as it's someone that's not an adult, that's under the care of a parent, the parent can stay home with the child. They have a right to that leave. And in fact, they cannot be let go. The employer is mandated and obligated to keep the job open. 
And to give that ultimatum or to fire her, it's illegal. We call this actually a reprisal. So if this employer tries to let her go, she'd be owed uh, potentially to be reinstated. Uh, there could be back wages. The employer can be fined. So I told her exactly what to say to her employer, and I think things are going to work out just fine. But I wanted, of course, especially these days, to remind everyone that when it comes to remote learning, you do have a right to stay home with your child. You have that right. Your employer can't do anything to you in that situation. Your employer can't punish you, penalize you, or threaten you in any way. Uh, doesn't matter really what the age of the child is. If you want to know more or if you are facing any problems or pressures from your employer in that situation, of course you know what to do. You give me a call. And to do that any time, here's the number for the first time tonight. We'll uh, repeat it several times, of course, one 821 5900 But here and now, open lines uh, during the show. It's uh, really early. It's only 712, so you got tons of time tonight. 416-870-6400. What else you got going on? I got another call, actually, earlier today. It's probably one of the most common calls that I've been getting, but because people keep asking me this question, I always want to talk about it. So this gentleman that I spoke with today, I actually spoke with his wife, but this gentleman has been off uh, since uh, last year, since last spring, of course, because of COVID-19, been put on a temporary layoff. Well, recently, within the last uh, six uh, six weeks or so, he's tried to get a hold of his employer. He's texted, he's called, said, okay, what gives? You know, it's been over a year now. When am I getting back to work? No response, nothing. And obviously frustrated, uh, his wife reached out to me this morning and she wanted to say, well, how long does he have to wait? When does his employer have to get back to him? So that's a question I've been getting so often Honestly, over the last year, how long can I be on a layoff? What does my employer have to do while I'm on a layoff? Well, let's be very clear. It's not a question of should his employer be getting back to him. The real issue here is that his employer did not have a right to put him on a layoff to begin with. Even though we're in a global pandemic, that doesn't change. That layoff, that temporary layoff that he was put on last year was a termination of his employment. So he now has two options. He can continue following up with his employer and waiting and hoping that at some point he gets some message and maybe gets called back to work. Maybe that happens, maybe not. That's option one. Wait and try and and keep your fingers crossed. The second option, of course, is he can treat his employment as being terminated. He can do that now. He doesn't have to wait. He can make the decision himself for his employer that the employment was terminated and he can get severance. This gentleman has been there for over 15 years. He could potentially be looking at as much as 18 months severance. So as soon as he knew, uh, his wife knew that, she said, yeah, I think that's what he's going to want to do. So I'm going to be speaking with the husband soon. But of course, a reminder to everyone out there, if you've been put on a layoff temporarily, whether it's a recent one or one from before, you can treat that as a termination. You don't have to sit and wait and you know sit by the phone, hope that it rings. If you want to say enough is enough, if you want to get your severance, and by the way, that severance can be as much as two years pay, give me a call. I'll help you make it happen. The website also, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, is massively useful. If you've never gone there, uh, have a look at it. Severance pay calculator there as well. Right now, 416 870 6400 is the way to call through. Uh, David, first call for the night. How are you? Good evening. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I've been with the company for four years. I have been working a, a 12-hour shift for eh, two and a half to three years. 
a month ago, they changed my hours to a nine-hour shift, like with 48 hours warning. A, am I entitled to severance or, or can I consider that a termination? B, am I entitled to severance? And C, I took two weeks holidays to find a new job, which I am now doing. Now, my first question, David, I understand you're calling from Montreal. Were you working in Quebec? Was this job in Quebec? No, 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 no. I am now on, I went back on the highway as a truck driver. I was working as a shunt driver in Toronto. I understood. Now, so it was about a month ago when your uh, hours were reduced? Yes. And uh, was were you told that this is temporary, or as far as you know, this is the new reality? Uh, it's the new reality, so this is not a complicated situation in that respect. Yes, you can treat this reduction. Listen, going from 12 hours to 9 hours, that's a big change. Uh, you can absolutely consider that and look at that as a constructive dismissal, meaning okay. you can say, by doing that, by reducing my pay, it's as if you've terminated my employment. And you could easily be looking at as much as six months' pay. You know, I know you said you've been there for about four years. Now, your, your worst enemy now is time meaning it's already been a month. You're now at the edge, at the upper limit of being able to do something about it. If you wait any longer, you're going to be considered to have accepted this. I'm not even crazy about the fact that it's already been a month, but we can still do something about it. The best thing you could do if you want to treat this as a termination, of course you don't have to, is you want to connect with me immediately. You know, first thing tomorrow, the, any, any extra days you sit on it, you are going to eliminate your ability to say constructive dismissal. Okay. Um, getting hold of you might be a problem. I'm on my way to Quebec City at the moment. <laughs> well, you can call. You can email. I will give you that information. Uh, you know, we can set up a convenient time. Uh, okay. You have to find a way uh, because, again, if you wait, I would say even if you wait another week, you're probably going to be shutting the door on the ability to say that's a termination. So uh, time is not your friend here. Okay. I've Thanks, Dave. Uh, appreciate it. Going to let you go there. We got to take a break, but I'll give you the number, and I think we might have yours. If not, you can call back and leave it for the uh, the fellas, and uh, we'll get a hold of you for sure. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. I'll repeat that throughout the show, so you'll catch it while you're on the road. Be safe, by the way, while you're driving, and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Do like Dave. Make that phone call four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. And welcome back, 721. Good to have you along. Yep, 416-870-6400, the number to call through. Ask your questions. Don't be bashful. Be smart and get more knowledge about everything you do eight hours a day. It's your work. It's really important. Paul, thanks for hanging on. Good evening. How are you? Hi, good evening. Uh, thanks for your show, guys, really enlightening us. Uh, thanks for listening. What's up? Um, I'm an essential service, and... Um, 
been uh, working. There were cases of COVID on day shift. I'm on afternoons. So they shut down the day shift. And then last week on Thursday, they told me not to come in on Friday and Monday of this week. They called me Sunday night, tell me to come in on Monday. But I just got my paycheck, and they did not pay me uh, unemployment or anything for Friday. So I'm losing pay. So they shut down. They they shut down the Friday shift, or they didn't have you work on Friday because of the uh, the outbreak in the workplace. Well, not necessarily that, but shortage of work too. It it's mostly shortage of work, I think. So yes, the reality is that that's not appropriate, and, and they they do have to pay you. But the complicating factor is that the only way to get that is potentially to file a claim in, uh, in the Ministry of Labor for unpaid wages or to take legal action in small claims court. And as a practical matter, you may feel differently, but as a practical matter, you may not want to do that when you're still working there over that one day. There's no way to simply say or, or to simply make them do it. You can talk to them, but if they don't agree, your only option is to take legal action. You can and you will be successful but you have to decide whether that's worth it for you. If they didn't have to close, if they chose to close, they have to pay you, but uh, to get it, if they don't agree, uh, you know, you have to decide whether it's worth it. Because they could keep on doing this and doing this. Do I, one uh, other question is, do I uh, have to take a leave of absence or a holiday? Do I have to? When, uh, again? When what? When what? Sorry, finish your thought. If they do this again. Yes. Some people were told, well, you can take a leave of absence or a holiday, but you're not going to get paid. So your employer can, if you have vacation days, for example, your employer can say, well, I've decided that Friday you're taking, you're using up one of your vacation days. They could do that. Obviously, it would be a paid vacation. They, they can decide when you take vacation, but mm-hmm. they can't decide that you're not working otherwise or you're not getting paid unless they can't be open. So that's how that works. But the problem is that there's no easy mechanism to make them pay you in that situation. Now, if it becomes a regular thing, I think it yeah. is a good idea to say, listen, I'm not comfortable with that. I expect you know, from now on that I'll work my regular shifts. If it becomes a regular thing, you may be able to say, well, wait a second. Now, potentially, because it's become a consistent thing, I'm going to look at that as a breach of the terms of my employment. Maybe that's a constructive dismissal. Okay. But as a one-off thing, not much that you can do about it, but certainly a good idea to tell them, I'm not, I'm not okay with this, and I expect that this won't happen again. Like, I'm, I'm 65, so I have a lot of holidays. But I don't want to use them all up, and then all of a sudden, if it keeps going on, I'm going to start losing pay. Yeah. If you see that this becomes a regular thing, Paul, then we may want to have a chat about constructive dismissal. Uh, you know, and by regular thing, I'm saying once we're looking at three times or more, let's have a chat about whether you, but even then that would mean that you say, I'm out of here. I'm going to treat this as a termination and make me pay me and make you pay me severance. If you mm-hmm. want to do that, if, and when it becomes a regular thing, yeah, we can absolutely discuss it. What do you mean by regular? Like I said, three times or more. Once they've done it three times or more, uh, then it becomes more than just a nuisance, right? It becomes a bigger deal at that point. So now we could be looking at constructive dismissal. Is there any period of time that those that should happen? Well, I'm going to say to you, if, if you see this happening a couple more times in the next couple of months, then oh we, we may be able to have that chat. If it's kind of spread out over the year, again, not going to make you happy, 
but probably not that much that you can do about it. Well, if they do it the next few months, I'll be calling you for sure. Sounds good. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Take care. Appreciate it, Paul. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for the call. Uh, And again, 1-855-821-5900. That would be the number to call, Paul, if you need it. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. Still lots of time. We'll get your phone calls ready here. 416-870-6400. You still got lots of open lines and lots of time. So give us a ring. We'd love to talk to you. In the meantime, the process for obtaining better severance. So... Pandemic, COVID-19 is uh, continuing on here. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe because of the pandemic or using that as a backdrop, there might be some employers just trying to uh, trying to lighten their pockets a little bit of how much severance they have to give you using that as their go-to excuse. Oh, it's the pandemic. COVID-19 is still here. Can or should, do you have to get the same amount of severance that you could get before the pandemic? This is a, a question that a lot of individuals have been asking themselves. You know, if I lose my job, there's a pandemic. Do I even get severance? And if I yeah. do, do I get less severance? You know, given the uniqueness of the situation we're currently in. So let me ease your mind on this. Not only do you get your full severance when you're let go during the pandemic, arguably you have to get more severance than you would be owed if there wasn't a pandemic. And the reason for that is it's probably going to be more difficult for you to find another job if you're looking during the pandemic. There's less people hiring. There's more people looking for work. So because of that, you're actually going to be owed potentially more severance. So to be very clear and to, again, put you at ease, you're not losing severance. You're not getting less severance because it's a pandemic, because now you, uh, you lost your job or potentially losing it. If anything, you may be getting more severance. That's a really interesting point. Most people would think exactly the opposite, and they would probably accept it if they were told that as well. You know, you only get 50% of what you would normally get because of the pandemic. You know, it's it's times are tough. Sorry about your luck type of thing, right? I cannot tell you, John, over the past year plus how many times I've seen exactly this scenario that you've described. Uh, employees being told, well, the pandemic, we're not going to pay severance, or, you know, that's all we can pay, or that's all we have to pay. And so many times individuals have accepted it. And then they probably heard me on the radio or they heard us on TV and they call me and by then it's too late. So please, if you're listening, now you know, now you understand that if you lost your job, if it's your time to get severance, you don't lose severance because of the pandemic. As I said, if anything, you may get more. And this, you know, and you always get some static when you say that, but it, it's not you making the rules. This is just, this is the laws as they are available to everybody, you and me and everybody else who listens to this station. You're not making these rules up, so it's not, you're not kicking anybody when they're down. This is, this is what it is. It's reality, right? Not only am I not making the rules, I'm not even saying whether they're good or bad. I'm just telling you what they are, <laughs> right? My opinion is actually irrelevant here, right? Uh, I'm just telling you what the law is, how it works, and what someone is owed. Whether I think it's it's right or wrong, it doesn't really factor in. So what I say, you can take to the bank. It's just the way the law works. Talking about the process for obtaining better severance, uh, I take it that when someone loses their job, severance may not be front of mind. I, I would imagine that snails wholeheartedly. Why, uh, why should that be a main concern? Well, the reason why we spend so much time talking about severance and the reason why it has to be front of mind if you lose your job, because that's really the only thing the law can do for employees that have lost their jobs. In most cases, the only thing the law can do is make sure that you get your full severance. Now, remember, that severance is substantial. It could be as much as two years' pay. So we're not talking about over a week or two weeks' pay. No, we're talking months and months' pay. 
but the comp but the the law can't generally get your employer to change their mind to come up with another reason to let you go to uh to decide to keep you on anyway or even to punish the company for letting you go the law can just say okay you've been let go an employer generally can let you go but we have to make sure that you get proper severance but the reason why severance has to be front of mind is because in most cases in the vast majority of cases easily 90 percent the severance that an employee is offered is a lot less than what they're actually owed so that's what you have to focus on. That's what the law focuses on. That's why we want to talk about it. It is 416-870-6400. That is the way to call through and ask your questions in the, in between the phone calls, talking about the process for obtaining better severance. You know, the, the term fair severance comes up all the time. You should be getting it. But how is that actually accomplished? So, so many times people are afraid to pick up the phone or send an email because they're concerned, well, if I get Lira to help me get my severance, I don't want to be involved in a long legal battle. I don't want to be going to court. So they're, they're afraid about that process. And I get it. I, I do. If getting your severance involved uh, months and months or years of waiting, and if it involved going to court, and if it involved complicated, that expensive procedures, it wouldn't make sense to do it, right, for most people. But the good news is none of that happens. None of that happens when it comes to employment law and, and severance specifically. To get severance in the vast majority of cases, we could do that quickly, oftentimes within a few weeks. It involves me reaching out to the employer, usually by sending what I call a demand letter. In that letter, I outline exactly why my client is owed what I say that they're owed, the legal basis for it, and what that does it engages the company in a discussion and a negotiation, and it allows us to resolve the case on that basis. So do not be afraid of the process of waiting. It's quick, it's simple, and it's something that gets you really good results. So please, the process should not be an obstacle for you getting what you wrote. 416-870-6400, the way to ask your questions. Jimmy, thank you for hanging on for a moment. Good evening. How are you? Thank you for taking my call. I got a problem. I, I apologize for, you know, for what the most going to happen, but I got a small little business. I'm, I got a machine shop and two days ago I got 12 guys working for me and I don't know who did it, but four of the guys turned around and said, you know what? We feel that we're in danger here with COVID. I said, you're in danger. We check you every day. There's no, no COVID here, but we don't feel that we're, we're, you know, we're feeling in danger. And we're leaving. So I have 12 people. Now I have eight doing the job. And they've been gone for two days. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. They just walked off the job. Yeah. And, and I take it, uh, Jimmy, that you're doing what you're supposed to do in terms of masks and distancing and all that in the workplace? Every day. Everybody, yeah. They come in. They get their masks. We test them. Yeah. Every day. I'm saying, what, what, what are you guys doing here, man? How long like, has, have these guys, the, these uh, four guys that, that uh, left, how long have they been with you? 15 years. Wow. Like, I can't so, believe it. So here's the thing. Uh, so that's a resignation, right? You de you've done nothing wrong. So they've essentially resigned. The thing about a resignation is an employee still has the, the right, or sorry, the obligation to give the employer some notice, especially if they know that by leaving, it's going to, you know, leave their employer in the lurch. So yeah. in theory, you could take legal action against them for losing any money that you lose because they're not there. 
I don't know if you want to do that. I don't know if it's practical. Beyond no, that, if you want to do that. Yeah, you can't get blood from a stone. Exactly. That's, that's exactly my point. But beyond that, this is a resignation. You can give them a record of employment saying they've resigned. Because of that, they wouldn't qualify for any government benefits. You don't have to pay them severance. As long as you are meeting your obligations in terms of safety, if they choose not to work, that's a resignation, and then they get disqualified. They can't apply or get any benefits. Well, come on. You know what? They got 12 people. Eight people got no problem. And all of a sudden, yeah. Guys- but you know what I mean? People can resign, right? We can't stop people from resigning. It's, it's yeah, yeah, someone's I, right. Yeah, when I hear you, I can fire anybody just because I want to fire them. Yeah. You can, yeah, you have a right to let people go for any reason, pretty much. An employee has a right to quit as well. You know, it is what it is. Uh, it's unfortunate in this situation, but hopefully because there's a lot of people looking for work right now, maybe you'll be able to hire someone quickly and uh, get, back to, get back to business. Okay, thank you very much, guys. Have a great evening. I love listening to you. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate uh, appreciate your time. I guess the, the 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 glaring point in that phone call was make sure that he and I'm sure he does, but make sure he's following all COVID procedures and protocols in the workplace. And then he's he's he, he's solid as a rock. No, could he? I mean, could he? Could he reach out to somebody from somewhere and say, you know, just to make sure, come check my workplace, make sure I'm doing everything as I should be before he sure, uh, yeah. lets these people know that they've resigned. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's not complicated what he has to do. And, and, you know, really it's mask and social distancing. I mean, that's really uh, the big things that an employer has to do. But, yeah, if he's not sure if there's more that he has to do, he can always contact the Occupational Health and Safety Branch of the Ministry of Labor. But the reason why this point is important is if he was not taking the necessary precautions and that's why the employees left – well, that actually could be considered a, a termination, a constructive dismissal, because obviously an employee doesn't have to go to work if the employer is putting them in danger. But as long as he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, the employee obviously can choose not to work. I mean, you can't force someone to work, but that's a resignation, and then they're, they're not owed anything, and they can't get benefits from the government either. 416-870-6400 is the number used. Uh, Jane, hello there. Good evening. Hey, how are you? Great. What's on your mind? Good. Well, okay, so COVID happened, or, or when COVID started, we were all laid off in the company. And then um, when it started opening again, I'm not an essential service, so when it opened again, we all got reduced hours. So um, then, of course, it shut down, laid off, reduced hours. So now we're on a layoff. And I'm just wondering, like, a whole bunch of us have tons of holidays that we have to use up at some point. So can they ask us, so, and, and receiving benefits from the government, I have to, I have to say that. So um, can they ask us to use our holidays up before we come back? Or can the government ask us to use up our holidays as opposed to getting um, assistance from them? So yeah, an employer is allowed to tell you to, to take your vacation, to schedule a vacation and start paying your vacation. The, the, this has nothing to do with the government. The government cannot do that, but your employer can. So as an example, let's say you have three weeks vacation. Your employer can say, well, effective Monday, you're on vacation and obviously pay you your vacation pay for that period of time. Yes, they okay. can do that. Uh, okay. And a lot of employers, of course, don't do that because it's not going to have – it's going to cause – employees not to be very happy, but yeah. legally they can. Legally they can do that, Jane. Okay. Perfect. Great show. Thank you very much. 
Thanks, Jane. Appreciate your time and your call. Enjoy the rest of your evening. With our uh, few minutes here, we can get another call or two if you want to uh, give that a shot. 416-870-6400. And we'll talk a little more about the process for obtaining better severance. Does an employee, and a lot of people, again, call you thinking they have to leapfrog to this conclusion, that is, do they have to sue their former employer to get better severance? Yeah, and, and I get that asked often, suing, going to court. So let's be clear. In the majority of cases, okay, you do not even have to sue, quote-unquote, your employer to, to, to get the severance that you're owed, to get whatever entitlements that you're owed. As I said, we engage your employer in a discussion. I send a demand letter. Uh, I, you know, I'm going to reveal a secret. Hopefully no employers that get letters from me are listening. Uh, in the demand letter, we're going to ask for somewhat more than what you actually should be getting to give ourselves some room to negotiate and then engage in the negotiation, go back and forth and get matters resolved. In the majority of cases, we do not have to sue. We do not have to take legal action. We can resolve it, you know, two, three weeks, uh, sign off on a new severance letter and you move on getting paid what you're owed. Now, there are cases where we do have to take legal action to sue. Uh, those are the exception. It's not a big deal. It's not a long process if you have to, but in some cases you do. But even in those cases, John, even in cases where we have to sue, the chances of actually going to court are like one in a hundred. It may be maybe even less than that. It's rare. You know, to me, court, frankly, is a dirty word. And I say that because as much as I personally enjoy being in court and enjoy speaking to to judges it's not something that i like my clients to have to do i want to resolve matters on on the best terms possible as quickly as possible not have to wait uh for court and you don't have to so do not be afraid of that process you know unlike other cases that you may hear about you know uh personal injury cases divorce cases criminal cases which could take a very long time and be complicated that's not the case in the majority of employment cases, they resolve quickly and often without even legal action at all. Yeah, I mean, I can count literally on one hand the amount of times you've mentioned going to court with a case in the past eight and a half years we've been doing this show. It just it never comes up. It just seems to never come up when, we, uh, when we're chatting, right? Exactly, exactly. It's not something that, uh, that you need to worry about. And in even the worst case scenarios in terms of the process in employment cases – are still pretty darn good and pretty straightforward. So uh, I, I can't emphasize this enough. I know that there's people out there that hesitate to pick up the phone because they don't, you know, I don't need that headache. I just lost my job. Do I want to be fighting my employer for the next year? No. Well, you don't have to. It's not going to happen. We'll resolve it quickly. Let's not walk away from something that you are legally owed. They're going to ask you as well, is it an expensive process? Because, you know, it's it's a legal thing, right? Yes, and that's another thing. Well, I don't want to pay uh, tens of thousands of dollars to a lawyer. What's the point? I'm not going to pay uh, 10000 to get $10,000 in severance. Of course not. That's ridiculous. That's silly. So let's number one, it's not an expensive process because, as I said, it's not a complicated process. But the other thing is this. I know that a lot of my, my clients, a lot of people that call me are people that are in a difficult financial situation because they just lost their job. So for me to say, well, you're going to have to pay me thousands of dollars, doesn't make a lot of sense because they're not going to be able to do it. So because of that, what we've done, and we've started doing this about five or six years ago, and it's gone really well, is we take the vast majority of cases on a contingency basis. In other words, we're going to put our money where our mouth is. If we're successful, then we'll negotiate a percentage of, of, of uh, uh, whatever we're able to do. But we take all the risk. There's nothing to pay up front uh, in those cases. 
and you don't have to worry about how much this is going to cost me. So don't be afraid of the cost either. It's a simple for a process. It's a straightforward process. And it's one that if I do my job properly, and I do, shouldn't cost you anything. You know, you mentioned it's a quick process and compared to other courts or at least other legal legal things. Of course, it's very quick. But uh, how long does it usually take on average? So the the let's put it this way. 90% of cases, 90% are going to resolve anywhere from two weeks to three months. Okay? So 90% of cases are going to resolve in that time frame. There's going to be the, the 10% that are going to be longer than that. But as I said, as I said that's the exception. And probably 50% are going to resolve within a month. So that's how long it takes. And here's the thing. Here's what's at stake. I'm not talking about, well, you know, you've been offered $10,000 in severance. It should be 12500 No. In the majority of cases, when you're offered $10,000, you are owed 35000 or 55000 So if you're owed that kind of amount of money, legally owed, Again, not me saying that, not me trying to finagle a way to get it. Legally owed that. Don't walk away from that because you're afraid of a process that's going to take a few weeks to accomplish. It just doesn't make any sense. Two-part question, though. In your experience, the percentage of people receive inadequate severance, what would that be? And then how many of those actually go out and get legal advice? So 9 out of 10 people. 9 out of 10 people, when they are uh, let go, are offered a lot less than what they're owed. Pennies on the dollar, you know, 20%, 25%, maybe less. So 90% of people, of those, 90% of those accept it because they don't know any better. So as busy as I am, okay, and I, I, we have a huge team, we're still only looking at a percentage of a percentage. Most people accept inadequate severance. Don't let that happen to you now that you know better. Be that 10% that knows what to do gets legal advice, and, and then gets what they're owed. Does going through this whole thing damage a relationship with an employer or a former employer? Well, that is a huge consideration, right? I mean, you know, it's a small world. You don't want to damage the relationship if you can avoid it. You never know what's going to happen. And I work really hard to try not to damage that relationship. When I contact an employer, at least initially, what I say, listen, we want to resolve this professionally and amicably. Here's what we think is fair. And in the majority of cases, we can establish uh, or, or resolve it on that basis and not ruin the relationship. We can even negotiate reference letters. So I am very, very mindful of that. I am always a big believer in building bridges, not burning them. And I try for my client not to burn any bridges for them either. <laughs> and I think from what you said before is as far as uh, sometimes the legal costs as well can be picked up by the former employer too. That's part of your negotiation, right? Every single time, every case, doesn't matter if it's for – $2,000 or $200,000, we negotiate compensation for legal fees over and above the severance, over and above the other amount. So again, in the majority of cases, even the, your legal fees, even if it's a percentage, a, a good chunk of that should be paid back by the company. So there really is no reason to be, to be afraid, to be uh, concerned, uh, or to be thinking that this is going to cost you more than it's worth. It's not going to happen. A good night had by all. Appreciate the phone calls and everything else. We're going to leave it at that until the weekend. You want to reach out now? Real simple. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you go to employmentlawyer.ca, the website, links to our long-running TV show there as well. Pretty cool. You can check those out. 
at your leisure and finally pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Everything you need to know about employment law right off the hop is there. And there's also contact information as well. We will catch you next time. Employment Law Show. Don't move a muscle. Alex Pearson's coming right back. More on point is on the way. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.